This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Mike Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. Y'all doing good tonight? Is the joy of the Lord your strength? Praise God. I'm glad to hear that. I wouldn't want it to be any other way. Amen. Been a long time since I've been up here. I didn't bring a watch, and I haven't preached for a month. So you, we, <laughs> you, you, you know, could be here a while. Be all right. No, I'll be good to you. I'll bless you, and we'll send you on your way. Hallelujah. Amen. Y'all bring your Bibles with you tonight. Let's open them together. Isaiah chapter 48. You can find actually two openings if you care to, uh, Isaiah chapter 48 and then also uh, Romans chapter 8, Isaiah 48 and Romans chapter 8, just a couple verses of scripture that we want to look at this evening and uh, talk to you a little bit out of the word of God, amen, hallelujah. All right, Isaiah chapter 48 and then uh, Romans chapter 8. In just a moment. Now, let me exhort you a little bit first. This is, has nothing to do with my message. Just want to talk to you a little bit. All right. Is that okay? Yes. How many of you think that's okay? Yes. You know, by the way that things look, I'm not sure what you think. But, you know, from my, my vantage point. So I'm going to assume this is going to be all right. Amen. And um, I just got a simple question for you. And um, it's an important one. And it's simply this, you know, are we, or are you, maybe is a better way of putting that, making room for him in your life? We'll say, yeah, well, yeah, I think so, you know. But just ponder that a little bit about making room for him in your life. You know, it's an interesting thing, but I don't know if you realize this or not, but Jesus wants to now understand the context of this, but Jesus wants to be with you. You know, now I know he dwells in you, of course, but yet right on the other hand, you know, the Bible says that Jesus told or, or uh, called or chose 12 men that they might be with him. In other words, come alongside him and be with him. And, and he wants to be with you. Amen. And so are we, the question again is, is are we making room for him? Because as you know, there are so many things in life that attempt to crowd Jesus out of our lives. And some of them, you know, they're legitimate. Maybe others perhaps are not. But, you know, I mean, we have responsibilities. How many of you got a few responsibilities? Things you have to care for and so on and so forth. And then, of course, you know, there's opportunities that we have that, you know, occupy our lives, occupy our time, do what it is we do. There's distractions. How many of you have ever been distracted? Sure. And then, of course, uh, we all face challenges. Any of you had a challenge in your life somewhere? Battle? difficulties, different things of that nature, and, you know, generally just the cares of this life. Interestingly enough, when Jesus was, now think about this with me for a minute. We're just exhorting here. That's all we're doing here. We're just thinking a little bit. You know, you think about Jesus, and I, I ask myself the question, why did the Holy Ghost put this in the Bible? Now, obviously, there's a reason. Isn't that right? And what, I, what I'm referring to is, is that <clears throat> on a particular occasion, Jesus was um, in, a, in a city or village, and it's where Mary, Martha, and Lazarus lived. So there were these two sisters and the brother. 
and they uh, invited Jesus to their house. And you know the story in Luke chapter 10. The Bible says that um, when he came into the house, he began to teach people the word of God. How many of you know we need the Bible? We need the word of God. We need to let it dwell in us richly. And really, be honest with you, you know, if, if, if in anything I say to you this evening, if there's anything I'd really like for you to get is to concentrate on the habit of seeing to it that his word is dwelling in you richly. And by that I mean you're exposing your heart and your mind and your soul to what it is that Jesus has to say. Because he said, we don't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of his mouth. So it just, it needs to become a, a habit, a good habit uh, in every one of our lives. But anyway, when he was in their home that evening, um, the Bible says that uh, Mary sat at his feet to hear his word. And I like the imagery of that because it, 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 to me it just says she got right down there in front she didn't want no distractions. She didn't want anything between her and him. She wanted to know and learn everything that she could. Now, she had a sister, Martha. The Bible says that she was cumbered about much serving. And then finally, she broke into the middle of the meeting and asked Jesus to tell her sister to come and help her. And the point that Jesus made in that moment, I always think about this. I mean, I don't know how you read the Bible, but I think about her in the kitchen and maybe there was a doorway or, you know, something or whatever. And I can see Martha just like a tornado in there, you know, doing all this stuff. And here's Mary right there, you know, listening, not even paying attention, not even cognizant of what her sister was all jazzed up about. And so all of a sudden, you know, as Jesus is teaching, I can just see Martha coming. Well, she's probably fuming, you know, as she goes past the door, looking at her sister not helping out. Now, the Bible says that we're to be given to hospitality, right? Huh? So that part she had right. But yet, right on the other hand, some things are more important than others. We need to keep the main thing the main thing. Well, again, finally, she jumps in the middle of this deal and interrupts probably whatever Jesus was saying. And she said, tell my sister to come and help me. Well, Jesus just stopped and said, Martha, 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 you are careful and you're troubled about a lot of things. It wasn't just this. I think she had a propensity towards being worrisome, if you want to call it that, you know. And he, he, he just, uh, I mean, it wasn't being rude, I'm sure, but he just pegged her uh, for a, a, an area in her life that needed ministry and, need, and she needed help in. He said, you're careful and troubled about many things, but there's only one thing that is needful, and your sister Mary has chosen that good part, and far be it from me to take that away from her. So in other words, she chose. How many of you know we have a choice? And even though we may be tempted to worry and be filled with care and things of that nature, thank God we don't have to live our lives in that way. Isn't that right? Now, on another occasion when Jesus was teaching, he talked about this. Well, let's go back to this whole thing about uh, remember I asked you, or I mentioned the idea that um, this is in the Bible, you know, this story, this incident. And, and I believe that it's obviously there for a very, very real and important purpose, right? I mean, and, and it's for you and I to realize that there are certain things in life that are more important 
even though there are so many things that try to crowd him out of our lives and crowd the word out. So we just, we have to make the choice and the decision that, that we're not going to let that happen. Isn't that right? That there's a habit or a pattern or a devotion, if you want to call it that, that we have just to be with him. You know, we're not even coming necessarily like in the form of prayer to ask him about or for anything. We just want to be with him. We want to take the time to say, Father, I'm so thankful that I'm your child. I, th- I thank you so much for being born of the Spirit of God, filled with the Holy Ghost, having been redeemed by the precious blood of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that you redeemed me from the curse of the law being made a curse for me so that the blessing of Abraham can come upon my life. I thank you, Lord, because I'm blessed coming in and going out. You know, we ought to be thankful, isn't that right? But if we, but if we, we get so taken up you know, I mentioned to you, you know, we've been gone for a while on vacations. You know, you think, well, gosh, you ought to have all kinds of time when you're on vacation. Well, maybe. Uh, I didn't seem to think that that was the case. There seemed to be all kinds of things that we could do. All kinds of things that you could fill your day up with and fill your life up with. And so sometimes you just have to pull yourself and aside and say, no, we're just going to take some time and be with him. Can you say amen? But now, again, Jesus in the fourth chapter, Mark, he talked about the parable of the sower. And he said, the sower sows the what? It sows the what? He sows the word. The seed is the word of God. And then he talked about these different types or kinds of soil referring to people's hearts where the seed is sown, some on rocky soil along the roadside, you know, among thorns and this and that and the other. And so he has this description. And thank God there's that part about the, the good ground. But in the context of that, as he describes what he's saying, he said, the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches and the lusts of other things. He, he referred to that in the context of the thorns spring up and choke the word. We don't ever think about how the cares of this world can literally choke the power or the effect of God's word in our lives. So we need to guard our heart with all diligence. Amen. From it comes the issues of life and make sure, you know, that that we're uh, giving him or making room for him in our lives. And this is the thing I want to, you know, just tell you, thank God you're here tonight because you've made room for him. Huh? And I believe he'll reward you. He'll bless you. He'll help you. And obviously, you know, it's not so much what I say, but it's more important that you hear what the Holy Ghost says through what I said to you. And I believe that he'll do that tonight. You believe that? How many are still glad you came? You know, said... Some of you say, well, I just came because I had to. My kids are here. I don't believe that. Praise God. I believe you're here because you want to hear something from heaven. Amen. Now, thank God your kids are here and they're hearing the word of God and their little hearts are being bathed in the Bible. Glory to God and being taught the word of God and given opportunity to be born again, born of the spirit of God. I just heard heard here not not long ago that one of the churches, they didn't want uh, the children's minister uh, preaching to the kids about being saved and being born again. You know, and uh, I think it was in the context that maybe they didn't think that kids were old enough for that. But I'm telling you what, praise God, kids are old enough for that. Do you know how many testimonies there are that people will say, well, I remember when I was eight years old and I gave my heart to Jesus. 
Huh? You know, what a travesty that someone would think that way. And the fact of the matter is, is that's the best time to get them saved. Amen. So I thank God for April and all of the people over there, you know, that are helping out and being a blessing to our kids, you know. Anytime you see those church workers over there, you know, Kaylee and different ones like that, you ought to just say, you know, I want to appreciate what you do. Because those kids are, their, their lives are being given form and shape to serve a living God. Hallelujah. And that's good. Amen. All right, that's my exhortation. Make room for him, okay? If you haven't been, do so. You know, cut something out. Hallelujah. I don't know what it is. I don't even want to get started on that. But, you know, just find a place for him so that he can be, he can be here. Do you know what the word kudos means? Huh? You ever hear somebody say kudos, you know, to you or whatever? It's a Greek word. It means glory. Did you know that? In other words, good for you. It's, it's, a, uh, um, it's a word used to commend you. So kudos to all of you that are here tonight. Those of you that are watching online, glad you're, you're here with us as well. Hallelujah. Isaiah chapter 48, did you find that? I got one verse I want to read to you here this evening and uh, kind of use it as a springboard for some of the things that I've been talking about midweek, you know, and it's been a month since I talked to you. So I know you can't remember what it is I said before. So if I tell you the very same thing, you'll probably go, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And you'll end up getting blessed. Isaiah 48, verse uh, 17. Wait a minute. Before we do that, let's pray. Y'all want to pray? Okay, hallelujah. Father, tonight, um, we're just so thankful that you have made it possible for us to know you. And not only that, Father, but you've given us access into your very presence through the blood of your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. We are begotten again by the word of truth. We've been born of your spirit, Father. And you've come to indwell us through the agency of the Holy Ghost. So tonight, Father, we ask you to help us, teach us, bring those things to our remembrance that we need. I thank you, Lord God, for blessing each and every one of our lives and ministering to us about our lives, how it is that you would have us to act, what it is that you would have us to do. And not only that, but in our relationships with others, Father, I thank you for your wisdom that gives us, Father, <laughs> a place of grace and a place of blessing. And I just thank you, Father God, that we have this time together in Jesus' name. Amen. Notice this verse of scripture with me, verse 17 of the 48th chapter of Isaiah. It says, thus saith the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord thy God, which teaches you to what? Profit. Did you see that? I am the Lord your God who teaches you to profit, who leads you by the way that you should go. Now, the reason I bring this scripture to your attention is to say, is as we read this, he says, I'm the Lord your God, and I will teach you to profit. And not only that, but I'll lead you by the way that you should go. How many of you know God wants you to profit? Amen. You know, I don't know about you, but, you know, if you work all day and you're still going backwards, that ain't working out so good. How many of you know what I'm talking about? 
And so it's important for us to realize, and you know, people fight small wars over this about the will of God and what it is that he wants to do in our lives. But I'm telling you what, praise God, he came down to lift you up and to bring you into a place that flows with milk and honey. We see it in the history of Israel, the desire that he had for them. And unfortunately, they were stiff necked and disobedient. Now, if you're going to disobey God, it's going to be real hard for you to get where it is he wants you to go. But thank God if you decide that you're going to obey him, you're going to humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, listen to him, do what it is that he wants you to do. He said not only he'll teach you the way you should go, but he will cause or teach you to profit, advance, get better. Are you with me? When my wife and I were first married, she came from a home that was pretty well to do. Her dad uh, owned 800 acres uh, free and clear of his own. He had uh, quite a uh, feed, uh, cattle feeding operation. Uh, They raised hogs. They did all kinds of things. Uh, I've told you the story before, but, you know, I came from a home where my father was uh, a farmer as well. We had 240 acres, but we lived in a shack, and he had a problem with alcohol, and he spent most of it on that. And so the, the, the disparity, the difference in the two families was, I, you know, I, when I first started dating Joan, for whatever reason, we ended up going down in the basement for something. And, and in their basement, they had a room that uh, her mother had uh, uh, stored canned goods and things of that nature. And I, I, I tell you guys, I walked in there and I couldn't really believe it. I mean, she didn't have one or two cans, man. She had dozens of all kinds of things and canned goods that they had put up and all kinds of dried goods and things, you know, on the shelf and whatever. Of course, you got to realize she's there. They had a hired man. And so she's fixing breakfast. She's usually fixing some kind of a lunch. You know, she's also got, you know, in the middle of the afternoon, four o'clock, there were sound. You remember this, Deanna, you got in on that big time, didn't you? Yeah. You know, because why? Because they're working. You know, and, and so he's, she's having to feed. Now, my, my mother-in-law was a little ornery. She made pancakes one morning, and the hired man, you know, he'd done something, you know. They were always, you know, ornery about this, that, and the other. And, and uh, uh, he, I don't know what the deal was. But anyway, she decided she was going to fix him. So she made this pancake, and she put a piece of cardboard in it, and then she poured more pancake mix over the top of it so that when he got his pancake, a little rough, you know. But then my father-in-law, he was really something, too, because he had an old bull snake that had died. I don't know where he got it. And he took that thing and he uh, wrapped it around the, the treadle of the uh, uh, sewing machine so that when Joan's mother-in-law came in there, you know, and was probably going to do some stitching or whatever it was she was going to do, there was that, that bull snake. Yeah, man. Wow. A lot of screaming going on there. <laughs> And uh, I'm kind of getting off my story, but the, 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 the real deal was, is I walked into this and I thought, you know, it was just, it, it, it said nothing but plenty. It said abundance. It, it said, this is the way, you know, I mean, I, it was an amazing thing to me because you got to realize in the house that I came from, we may have had a little corner thing here and there's a few little this and that, and we're not sure what it is that's coming up for supper tonight. You know what I'm saying? So I tell you what, God wants to teach you how to profit and to have an abundance and no lack. Are you with me? 
Amen. And it ought to be your ambition. Now you say, well, that isn't the way it is for me. You know, I'm just struggling hand to mouth, just whatever it is I can get by with. Well, that might be your case right now, but praise God, don't let that be the, the final word. Amen. Ask the Lord to teach you and to show you how it is that you can profit, how you can, you know, create more streams of income within your life. You know, now it, it does represent work. There's no question about it. If you want to, if you want to follow, you know, the ideologies and, and philosophies of the world or the government or the whatever, whoever this is, that says you don't need to work. You're going to, you're going to go broke. There's a whole bunch of folk that are really, I mean, at some point in their life, it is not going to be fun because they won't have a dime. They won't have two nickels to rub together and then they'll want to blame everybody else for it. Are you listening to me? It's not the way it works, you know? But you can, as a child of God, listen to the Lord, follow his leading, and he will teach you how to profit so that the expenses and everything else that you have where your life is concerned is, is part of it, but then there's more. Everybody say more. He's the God that's more than enough. He is El Shaddai. And so there may be study that you have to do in the Word of God to get these truths down on the inside of you. When my wife and I got started, thank God her folks were really good to us, but we still didn't have anything. And many of you, maybe you started out that way as well. But I tell you what, praise God, cream always rises to the top, and we've been moving up ever since. And so that ought to be your ambition, not for the sake of the things as much as it is simply the will of God for you to be blessed. And when you're blessed, praise God, you can help somebody else. If you don't have anything or if you're behind, I mean, you know, if you're upside down, you, 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 you can't even help anybody. Are you with me? So it ought to be the uh, ambition of all of us. But anyway, in this verse, it says that he teaches us to profit and he leads us by the way that we should go. And I've talked quite a bit about this as far as God's desire to lead and guide us. But look at this verse of scripture here in Romans chapter eight that we had as a text some time back. <clears throat> when Paul was writing here in verse 14, he said, for as many as are led by the what? The Spirit of God. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God. Now, God said in that uh, uh, verse in Isaiah that he would teach us the way in which we should go. So you have to ask yourself, how's he going to do that? Well, number one, he'll teach you through the Word. Amen? And we talked about that a little bit earlier about how important the Word is in our lives. Doesn't make, I don't care about denominational preferences and what they think about it or some you know, theologian has got some idea or whatever. What I'm interested in is what does the Word say? Are you listening to me? Because there's a lot of philosophies and ideas and different things, you know, different ways in which people interpret the Bible that, that are ungodly. They're not true. They're unscriptural. Let's put it that way. So we just need to get after it and find out what the Bible has to say and embrace that. And again, you know, people, they may disagree, but, you know, <laughs> uh, that's their problem. Amen. God is a God of abundance, just like that. God is a God of abundance and no lack. Jesus said, I came so that you could have life and have it more abundantly. Well, the abundant life means that you have peace. That you're not filled with care, worry, and anxiety. You're not saying, my God, what are we going to do? But rather you're saying, Father, I'm so thankful that you're faithful. We just sang about it tonight, you know. And so that's the, the place 
that he wants the child of God, that you as a child of God, he wants you to live and walk in as a reality in your life. Now, again, the argument always comes, well, that's not our situation. That's not where we are. Well, again, let's start believing what the Bible has to say and walk in the light of that. Amen. And allow the spirit of God to lead us as he as he desires to. Hallelujah. Think about this with me for a moment. You know, just like the nation of Israel, they were in bondage. Egypt is a type of the world, isn't it? A symbol or, or yeah, it symbolizes the world. And the Bible says that God raised up a deliverer in the name of Moses, that he would bring them out, lift them up, and, and, and lead them to a place called Canaan's land that flowed with milk and honey. Now, the first generation out, it's unfortunate because he got them out of Egypt, but he couldn't get Egypt out of them. Did you hear me? No matter what it is that he did, he had 10 different miraculous things that he did in order to get them delivered in the first place. And even then, you know, when it came time for them to do the things that he told them to do, they wouldn't do it. So they died in the wilderness. Now, let me ask you, is that God's fault? No, it's not God's fault. What did he want to do? He wanted to take them into that land. But they had to obey. They had to put away their old way of living, their old way of life, so that God could bring his blessing to them. And unfortunately for that generation, they didn't make it. But the next generation, they, got, they, 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 they understood. And thank God they went in, praise God, under the leadership of Moses, or, uh, Joshua. And they possessed the land. <clears throat> so, you know, here it is. A lot of people, you know, I don't know how come. I'm trying to go somewhere else, but that's not the way this is working out. So anyway, you know, uh, uh, a lot of people have the mistaken idea, you know, that when it comes to the blessing of God, that it's just going to kind of fall on us like ripe cherries off of a tree. But no, the Bible says they went in to possess it. They had to do something, huh? They had to walk around the city of Jericho, you know, one time a day for six days, the next, and the last day, the seventh day, seven times, and then shout. Hallelujah. Seems a little foolish, but you know what? They took the city. And then, you know, area by area, tribe by tribe, they went ahead and they began to possess that land, and God was in it. Hallelujah. And he was fighting for them and with them. And he delivered these things into their hands. And they were blessed by him. Think about the situation with Jehoshaphat. You know, when those, uh, I think there was four kings that, you know, uh, created an alliance amongst them. And they were going to go after Israel. Or actually Jerusalem and Judea. And, um, and Judah. And, um, you know, when they, when they aspired to do this thing, you know, uh, Hezekiah, he... He realized, or Jehoshaphat didn't know what to do. And so he called everybody to a prayer meeting. Think about that. You all come, children, everybody else, we're going to pray. And they got before the Lord and they said, God, look at what's going on and how they reward us. And you wouldn't allow us to take them out in the beginning. So here they are coming after us now. And we don't, you know, we have no might or strength amongst this army. We don't know what to do, but, but our eyes are on you. How many of you ever been some some place in your life sometimes you didn't know what to do? Well, the best thing to do is turn your eyes to him. 
because praise God, he's got the answer. And we know from the scriptures, the spirit of God came on Jehaziel and he began to prophesy and said, stand still and see the salvation of God. The battle's not yours, but it's the Lord's. You just do what I ask or tell you to do and all the rest of it will take care of itself. Are you listening to me? And so thank God when we obey God, when we do the will of God, glory to God, what a blessing it is. Amen? You know, when my wife and I first got started, you know, we learned the principles of tithing. I didn't know any of this stuff. I mean, I grew up in a mainline denominational church, and I didn't know anything about any of this. So as we began to learn, you know, and, and hear what the Bible had to say, we had the same fight that everybody has. Oh, now what? 10%? That's a, wow, what a, you know, and, and all that struggle. How many have been there? How many might be there right now? Don't raise your hand. You know, somehow or another, we think that, you know, that, that that's some big deal. But the reality is, is that the Bible says that when we choose to tithe, that God himself will rebuke the devourer for our sake and command his blessing upon our storehouses. And people will say, well, I can't afford to do that. I'd say you can't afford not to. Now, I realize, you know, when you first get started and things are a little lean, it, it, it's, it's, it can be a challenge. But I can tell you this much, too, that if you decide, you know, it doesn't make any difference how much challenge it is, I'm going to obey God. I'm going to do what it is that he's asked me to do. Because it's then that God is able, and that's really what faith is. I said, that's really what faith is. Jesus said, give, it'll be given to you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will men give into your bosom. You know, with the same measure that you measure it out, it'll be measured back to you. Amen. So how many of you know God doesn't bless stingy? But he sure enough does get happy, praise God, when we obey him and do the will of God. So, um, you know, Joshua and all the rest of them, as they obeyed God, as they did. Now, listen to this uh, with me. If this is good advice for Joshua, don't you think it'd be good advice for us? And this is what God told that man. He said, he said, Moses, my servant's dead. Now you're going to slip into the shoes that he was wearing. And you're going to lead this people into a land uh, uh, of milk and honey. He said, this book of the law, or we could say the word of God, shall not depart from your mouth. Huh? This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but... Thou shalt meditate therein day and night. How many of you know you got to make room for him if you're going to do that? Huh? So he said, you shall meditate therein day and night, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. So the implication is, is that if we don't do what's said in the first and again, the meditation purposes is in order to observe to do. I left this part out. You know, meditate there and night that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then you'll make your way prosperous and then you'll have good success. For example, if you're looking at the Bible, Jesus said this. He said, a new commandment I give unto you that you love one another. He that has my commandments and keeps them, he it is that loves me. People say, well, I love Jesus. Well, if you're not doing the Bible, you really don't love him. Okay, because the acid test to loving him 
is doing or obeying what he said. So if he tells us to put away strife or lying or don't let corrupt communication come out of our mouth or, you know, any of those kinds of things, you know, that that the Bible tells us to put away, uh, if we don't do that, then we're di- we, we, we end up being disqualified. Isn't that right? But he said, I give you a new commandment that you love one another as I've loved you. How many of you know loving someone sometimes can be a little challenging? How many of you know it's easier to love some people than it is others? Huh? Sure. Yeah. And some people are very unkind. Some people, you know, a lot of times... You know, we don't always think of it this way, but a lot of times people behave the way they do because they got so much going on in their life that's jacked up that this is the manifestation of it. You with me? And so sometimes we have to be not only long-suffering and forbearing, but sometimes we have to think about, you know, just what is it that makes this person tick? Now, obviously, there are people that are evil. They are vile. They are corrupt. Uh, They're just flat-out ornery. You know, I get that. But a lot of times people, you know, I see so much of what it is that's going on in our country these days. And, you know, people are so angry and they manifest all this hatred, you know, towards and never really before have we seen it like we have here as far as the assault that's being made on Christians. That, you know, you, you kind of get packaged together. You're a conservative Christian, you know, and I mean, they're they're very vocal about uh that we are the problem. We're not the problem, dude. We're the salt of the earth. Are you listening to me? We're the light of the world. But they don't know that, you know. The Bible says when the blind lead the blind, they both end up where? In a ditch. So as much as, you know, you may have people that come against you or whatever, you know, because you love Jesus or because you raise your kids in a godly home or because you pray or you read the Bible, or some of those other things, you know, you just have to keep on keeping on because that's what God wants us to do. Did you know that marriage, the Bible says, is sacred? It is an absolute sacred institution, and it is to be revered as such. It is to be held in honor. But you don't live in a culture like that anymore, okay? People, they do whatever it is they want to do and whatever they think is right, And whenever you go down that path, dude, you are on a slippery slope. Uh, Like I said, we did some traveling, quite a bit of traveling, and so we ended up on the airplane, you know, you're sitting right there. (laughs) Funny story, I'll tell tell this one first and then the other one. But uh, I got on this last flight, and I ended up in way back there. You know, we're flying Southwest, they got an A group, B group, C group. We're in a C group, and there's only 60 in the C group, and I was 41, and Glenn was 42. And I'm thinking, man, we are going to end up by the bathroom, you know what I'm saying? But that's what I thought, and I told Glenn, I said, God's going to give us a good seat. And uh, he kind of looked at me like, okay, all right. Well, as soon as I walked on this plane, you know, there's the bulkhead right there, the first uh, six seats, and there's an empty seat right there. And I thought, that's my seat. Well, there's this older couple, you know, and they're sitting there and they got all their stuff spread out. That's what people do. And they spread out. Why? Because they want you to go somewhere else. And um, so they're sitting 
you know, there's a seat in between them. And uh, I said, is that seat taken? And the guy goes, these seats, these seats are too narrow. This seat is too narrow, is what he said. I said, they're all that way, you know. <laughs> and obviously, he was thinking, he was trying to tell me, go sit somewhere else. And so I said, um, you know, I'm standing there. And, I, and the other thing about me, I'm 6'4", and I don't want to sit in some of those other rows. If I can get in a bulkhead, I got some leg room. You with me? Or an exit row or whatever the case might be. And so I just turned to him. I said, sir, I'm sitting in that seat. <laughs> Why, well, it's open seating, baby. I mean, you know. So he gets up. You know how they, oh, you know, it's such a drudgery. He peels himself out of the seat that he, and, and, and really, truly, they're narrow. These, these things, man, were narrow. And uh, he gets over there and sits by his wife. And then, and then I end up on the aisle, you know, on the front row with all kinds of leg room, man. It was awesome. Are you listening to me? And you know, by golly, that guy and his wife, they made it through that flight okay. <laughs> Nobody died. And as a matter of fact, from what I could see, they, they slept pretty good, you know. So anyway, what was I going to say? On another flight, we had two different legs with, uh, I'm talking about obeying the word, walking in love, you know, not reviling others when they revile you, not, you know, give back the same kind of mess, but do what he told you to do. Are you with me? So anyway, I was talking to this, we got to talking, Joan and I got to talking to this couple and uh, we kind of had this thing worked out because we wanted somebody small to be able to sit by my wife. You know, when you got bigger people that sit beside you, you know, they take up a room. You know what I'm saying? And so she found this little tiny petite, well, she wasn't petite, but she was, you know, uh, whatever. Anyway, she said, why don't you sit right here? You know? And then her... Uh, the person that she was traveling with, you know, he sat down over in one of the other rows. Well, we got talking to him. And uh, uh, on the way home, come to find out, she had been in a marriage relationship, as had he. And one of them had been married uh, 13 years, and the other one had been married 11 years before they both ended up divorcing. So now they've been in this relationship with one another for three and a half years or something like that. So you kind of get this thing going, you know, and, and uh, <clears throat> so we, that's, that's what we found out on the first leg. The second leg, we end up at a uh, uh, smash burger, same place. I said, great minds think alike. And so we're talking some more, and I'm talking to this guy. His name's Jake. And I said, uh, I said you've been with this gal for three and a half years, huh? He says, yeah. He says, I says, when are you going to marry her? You'd think I'd have, you know, slapped him in the face. And, and both of them, you know, they were uh, responsible people. You know, I mean, um, they were uh, in the agricultural business, both of them, you know, independently. But yet they'd been together for all this time and things like that. And, and uh, that's all I said. And then, so then he starts talking about, well, you know, we've been talking about this and, you know, she farms with her dad and, you know, pretty soon, you know, this and that and the other and we might this and that and the other. And I didn't, I didn't really, you know, what I ended up saying to him is, uh, I said, I understand that both of you have been through divorce. And he said, yes. And I said, you know, um, 
and there were no kids. Neither one of them had any children, so I guess that makes a messy situation easier. But, but, but the thing was, is because of the experience that they had had initially, and they, they had to be pretty young when they married, I, early 20s probably, you know. But the thing that I told to, to him, I said, I said, Jake, you know what? I said, uh, I've seen this all the time. He didn't, even re- he didn't even know what I did, you know. But I said, uh, I said, unfortunately, when we go through these things in our lives um, and we experience the pain that comes with divorce, we're very uh, hesitant to want to risk again. And so I said, you know, if this girl is what it is that you're looking for and you're, look, you're, you're what she's looking for and things like that, you need to make a commitment to spend your lives with one another. But see, people in the world aren't doing that. You know, they're, they're not committing to, to, to anything. And the unfortunate thing is, is then you end up outside the canopy or the umbrella of God's blessing. Are you with me? You know, I mean, when you read the scriptures, it's pretty clear. And, and all I'm saying in the context of that example is to say that, you know, if you want the blessing of God, you have to obey him. Right? You know? And the Bible says, as much as the rest within us, to live peaceably with all people. So sometimes, you know, because people are difficult, uh, I, don't, I don't know how else to say that, you know, sometimes, you know, you can't live peaceably because all they want to do is fight. Well, God hasn't called us to that. Are you listening to me? So we just have to say, you know, uh, I love you, but I'm not going to, you know, get into this thing. Are you with me? Hallelujah. Well, our time's about up, and I didn't get to talk to you about anything that I want to talk to you about. <laughs> But it's all good, because God has made you a winner. He wants to teach you how to profit. He wants to teach you the way in which you should go. He doesn't want your life to be filled with hardship. I'm not saying that you're not going to have challenges. I'm not saying that. But I tell you what, when you walk hand in hand with him, praise God, if you need a miracle, he'll get it to you. Are you with me? Daniel's a great example. Matter of fact, I've been reading Daniel quite a bit here lately, because I want to be as smart as those guys were. You know, we see all this stuff going on around us. And, you know, you ask yourself the question, what in the world is, you know, what's the world coming to? Well, it's coming to an end. And Jesus is coming. But between now and then, we have to behave ourselves wisely. And so you, you take Daniel and the other three. Uh, these, these young men were taken as slaves, essentially. You know, down to Nebuchadnezzar's you know, area and uh, the Chaldeans. And, and they said, well, pick some of those guys. Let's see if we can teach them the way of the Chaldeans and give them three or four years and feed them real good and all this, that, and the other and see if we can get anything out of them. Well, these guys, the first thing that they had to do was, is, you know, everything that the king had, had uh, eaten or at his table was offered to idols. And Daniel said, I ain't eating that. Well, you know, it, it ran the risk of costing him. But, but he had values, he had priorities, he had convictions, and he wasn't going to compromise. And I thought to myself, you know, if I'm a child of God, then I ought to act like one, and I don't care how it impacts or who people, whatever people think, I'm still going to love Jesus and stand up for him. Are you with me? And on another occasion, you know, there were different times. He got ended up in the lion's den because of the conspiracy against him, you know? 
And then one time, you know, they were going to kill all the wise men because somebody couldn't interpret. Talk about being, being under the hand and bondage of a crazy person. If you can't tell me what the dream is and interpret it too, I'm going to wipe all of you out. Well, thank God he looked to the Lord. I said he looked to the Lord. And I'm just telling you that in the middle of all this mess that you and I find ourselves to be in, I'm telling you, God will cause you to rise to the top if you'll learn to listen and follow and obey him. Are you with me? You know, Psalm 91 says, He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High will abide under the shadow of the Almighty. He that dwells in the secret... I tell you what, you need to make room for him. I said you need to make room for him. Because that's what, you know, abiding under the shadow of the Almighty really is. And I will say of the Lord, He is my, what? Refuge and my strength. Hallelujah. You know, you need to look at Psalm 91 and say, that's me. Huh? He's, been, he's given his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways so that you won't dash your foot against the stone. Now, again, I'm not saying you may not have a challenge here or there, but whatever the challenge, Daniel had challenges, but guess what? God delivered him. Huh? You know, when you get thrown in a lion's den, you sleep restfully all night long. You got a little something going on. Huh? King, he didn't even sleep the whole night because he knew that those guys had conspired against him and, and that all of that. And the Bible says he, 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 his sleep was taken from him the whole night. And he went out there the next morning. He says, oh, Daniel, is your God able? <laughs> and out of the bowels of that place, Daniel says, oh, King, live forever. Huh? And the Bible says that that king rounded up all those guys, and most of them never hit the floor before the lions got to them. They had an appetite by then, huh? Ah. He's good to us. I sure hope this blesses you tonight. It was a little bit different than maybe, well, it was way different than what I thought. But, you know, sometimes we just need to know. And, and why is that important? Because here we are, we're living in this inflationary uh, uh, situation. Uh, they talk about hyperinflation. They talk about all these things. I, I just want you to know, I don't know what it looks like, and I don't know how it works, but I can tell you this much about it. God knew about the hyperinflation before we ever got here. Huh? So he can make a way. You say, well, how is he going to do that? I don't know. But I tell you what, he said that he would teach us how to profit. Huh? So that means that we're going to positively look forward as to what it is that you and I can be doing so that we have more than enough. Hallelujah. And if he's got to take whatever it is that we have and multiply, he can do that too. Or stretch or whatever the case might be. Y'all believe that? I want you to because it's true. You are his child. You know? You're, you're his child. And I tell you what, God will take a father's place and he'll take care of you. Are you listening to me? He ain't going to abandon you. Huh? You're not going to end up an orphan. He says, Jesus said, I will not leave you as an orphan. I'll come to you. And he has. So thank God we've got the greater one on the inside of us. Amen. And we can trust him for whatever we need. And I got to quit. Hallelujah. Why don't you stand with me? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Well, 
Let's just lift up one hand toward heaven and pray together. Father, we just thank you tonight for your blessing. For every person that's here within the sound of my voice, those that are watching online, I thank you, Lord God, for your purposes and your will to be accomplished in every one of their lives. I thank you for blessing their families and their children and their children's children. I thank you, Lord God, that you said in your word that you would make them the head, not the tail, that they would be above only and not beneath. And so we just thank you tonight, Father. We rejoice in your goodness and mercy. I tell you what, let's just rejoice a little bit in his mercy and goodness. Just thank him for a moment, if you would, please. Thank him for what it is that he's done, what he's doing. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you tonight as a a congregation, as a group of people. We thank you for all that you've done for us, Father. The life that we have in you, the blessing of God, the peace that passes all understanding. We thank you, Lord, for your mercy, your goodness, your grace, your kindness, Father. Hallelujah. Yes, you are the God that is more than enough. And Father, we trust you tonight. We thank you, Lord. We look to you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, for the needs that are represented here this evening, not only in this church, Father God, but all those that are watching. And not only that, even those that attend regularly. We lift them up to you and we thank you tonight for meeting their every need according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Thank you, Father, for your wisdom. Thank you for showing them the way in which they should go. Thank you, Lord God, for the... (laughs) Thank you, Lord, for the Holy Ghost. Yes, Father, to serve as an umpire in their life and in their hearts and in their minds to give them peace. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. 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 Father, we give you glory. Thank you, Father, for your blessing in our lives. Lord, I ask you to help us to make room for you in our lives. Lord, when we hear that call from our inner most being. May we find time. May we make a place. May we yield and say yes just to be with you. And I just thank you, Father God, for your peace and undisturbed composure for every one of us in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. You may be seated.